If you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. On this episode of Quality Check Podcast, I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet going nutty is Drew Douglas. I'm interested to see what you think about some of these callbacks in this movie that we're going to talk about. It's called The Flash. Oh, man. This has been a movie in the making, not only for like in production and held for so long, but also the buildup. I went back and I was looking at the history of this movie, but rather the road to create this. It was actually announced before season one flash on the CW started. Yeah. And it's, and that just wrapped (laughs) up (laughs) after nine seasons. Oh my God. That's uh, it's been a wild road, but we're finally here. Um, We should just throw this out there right now. Immediately. Full spoilers ahead for the movie The Flash. All spoilers. And I, I would say for the entire DCEU. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all of DC movies. I feel like I've read more about this movie than any movie in recent memory. Like, I've spent so much time reading about it, reading reactions to it on, like, comic book uh, forums that I go to. And the reactions to this are so all over the place, which is insane because leading up to this release, the buzz about this was it was one of the greatest comic book movies ever made or the actual greatest comic book movie ever made. Not to mention we hear from people like Stephen King, who we both admire greatly, saying this is such a great movie. Tom Cruise saying this is a movie we need right now. Stuff like that. Which, again, listen to our podcast. None of this has ever made any sense. It's been very fishy from the get-go. But I was still excited for this, despite all the drama behind the scenes. And then it came out this past weekend, and the box office was a big, wet fart. I don't don't know why. You know what? The biggest reason I think this did so bad is... James Gunn announcing, you know, the reboot of the DCEU into the DCU. There's no clarity on what that will be necessarily. And then when you have three movies left, four movies actually, when that was announced, um, I don't know why. That's just not a way to build excitement when you know that something that's coming out doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I see those factors being major factors. But at the same time, we've also got, we've had a slew of mediocre at best uh, superhero movies. And there's confusion. There's always been confusion with the DC. Like, wait, so you're telling me there's this Joker, but it's not the Jared Leto Joker. And yet now we've got another Suicide Squad movie. And I wonder if DC's just struggled with an identity crisis constantly. From the beginning, yeah, and, and that's where, from your average moviegoer, they're like, well, I can't, and Michael Keane's back? Like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what are they even saying about this? And, and then you've got Ben Affleck showing. I think also the multiverse that plays into the idea of our audience is sick of hearing about the multiverse. Do they, is it just not that attractive? I mean, for us, that's a really interesting concept. I feel like if you're a sci-fi like you, you love that, I think you're going to lean into the multiverse. And that's exciting. The possibilities are endless. And I wonder if that plays a role as well. And then the factor that if we are in this crunch of like choosing what movies to watch, because there are several who we've heard from where they're like picking and choosing which movies. And they're like, you know what? I went to go see Spider-Man and across the Spider-Verse. I want to see Indiana Jones. I'm going to skip The Flash. Um, Because not only did The Flash do poorly, but Elemental, Disney, Pixar's Elemental, like, bombed. Yeah. And that's another thing, like, kind of, and I know that's a very different discussion, but I wonder if all of those factors, it's just a big mixing pot, and it's very similar to the way Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne described the multiverse, a big hot mess of spaghetti and sauce. I kind of feel like that it's, we have a lot of different ingredients because if you think about that, all of those factors affect a different group in a different way. For example, like us, we know all of the Ezra Miller drama. We've been 
you know, as each article or each new allegation came out, we would find out about something new or different or there's an update on that. Where's like your average movie goer? It's like, oh, well, this Ezra Miller character is in hot water again. And you may not know, but then that affects one community. And then another community is like, I don't get DC. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. And they just finished the Flash show. And maybe that's another part, too, that I left out. But I do think that there are so many different factors that keep that have kept audiences from reacting to this the same as, like, say, some other big DC movie or Marvel movie or any superhero movie for that fact. I think DC's issue from the beginning has, like, caught up to itself, which... Yeah was we are not going to be what Marvel was, which was every film establishes someone and they unite and we build that way. They, for some reason, wanted to go the complete opposite from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the bad storytelling is caught up with them. And I say that as someone who, this is movie number 13 in the DCEU. I've enjoyed, I would say, half of these. But yeah, they're just, from the get-go, they had no identity. It was just, yeah. we're going to throw this together in the dumbest way possible. And sadly, I think it's caught up with this movie. And then Shazam, you know, they are on a bad streak, though, because Fury of the Gods, was I thought that was pretty bad. Blue Beetle doesn't give me hope. That looks terrible. And considering that James Gunn says that's what's kicking off the new DC, like... There's no clarity whatsoever, even when... It's all like, a, let's see if this does okay before we move I on. I think that's 100% it. I really think that they're saying, okay, if the Flash tanks, then we move on. Aquaman, that puts Aquaman in a really awkward, terrible spot. That's that's going to do really bad, I think. It will. I And I know that the first one did great, but... I think, honestly, this sounds bad. I've heard a lot of people saying it, and I don't disagree. I kind of wonder if you just dump Aquaman onto Max. Ooh. I mean, obviously, they got money to make with it, but we are not going to see that movie promoted very much. Actually, I think that and Blue Beetle, we're going to see a massive scale back in terms of marketing. But, I, I mean, they'll release those in theaters, but yeah, they're just not. I just don't think Aquaman 2 will do that well. And honestly, I just, I think, because I don't know about you, but in the theater when the Blue Beetle trailer comes on, I've all, it always feels like a lukewarm reception or negative. Does that make over $20 million in its opening weekend? Yeah, I mean, that's, so Blue Beetle, let me see here. That's opening in... August, right? Ooh. I mean, this is not like James Gunn adapting Guardians where yeah. no one knows who Guardians is, but we have someone making it that we, you know, kind of trust that can turn something like that into gold. I don't see that happening with this movie. Yeah, because Blue Beetle coming out on August 18th, mid-August. Um, I Oh, wow. Uh, at the end of the summer movie season, and we're going into, yeah. That's that's a stinker. And that was a Max movie, yeah. too, that they bumped up because apparently they loved it so much. Yeah, and I just... Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition in August. And I'm looking ahead right now, and we've got um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I bet that does really well. I could see that doing decent. Um, the Last Voyage of the Demeter and Gran Turismo... Oh, God. Um, Not to sidetrack. Have you seen that Gran Turismo trailer? Trailer, yeah. God, that looks bad. It's almost like a behind, <laughs> it's almost like a behind the scenes, which I it's, find that to be very interesting. It's a weird way to promote it. It looks bad, they, though. Yeah. I can't believe Neil Blomkamp, like, that guy's just gone off the deep end. I, <laughs> His movies well, lately have been so bad. And it's that sucks, yeah. It just sucks. So, uh, and then after that, we get a two-week break. I'm sorry, it's a week, and then we get Blue Beetle coming out the same weekend as Strays. Obviously, they're not going to take away from each other. Strays looks terrible, too. What a terrible month of movies. Yeah, August is looking pretty awful, but right now it doesn't look like there's a whole lot to to really uh, combat those two, but or or, uh, that movie. So right now, I don't know. It could do okay, but I I would say... 
I gut instinct is that it would go above twenty million, but I don't I don't know. Like I don't think much more. I don't think it's gonna make a whole lot more. I think at this rate, if and it's interesting, Guardians I'm not gonna say Guardians three was like a savior for MCU, but man, everything coming out of Secret Invasion, I've heard nothing but just bad mediocrity. Well the thing yeah the, the Guardians thing is like the old the old um, the old vibe of the MCU that people loved, yeah. And Blue Beetle and, doesn't have that going in. That doesn't have the yeah. faith of the uh, the MCU, like when you did Guardians One, and people are like, "Well, this is part of this massive thing that we have really loved, so we're going to turn up is, for that." And this has been so all over the place that something like Blue Beetle is, I think, destined to fail. And and to bring that back to the Flash, it's where. It's interesting because even with the Flash, I don't even know if you can say they're like you can attach. Oh, well, there's a lot of it feels like the old Batman, or it feels like no, Zack Snyder. It feels like something we have never seen before. Yeah, it it definitely feels like a new branch of something that culminate. It's a culmination of all those things, but um, and and that's another thing where it just is such an such a weird almost one-off, but it's not, for comic fans, Flashpoint, the Flashpoint storyline, which is a true, like, reset that messes everything up in the DC world. So, honestly, I could I could very well see James Gunn, Peter Safran, the two, two new leaders over at DC at Warner Brothers just saying, you know what, Flash didn't do great, Blue Beetle, and then Aquaman 2's gonna stink. We're just, it's, it's, we're washing our hands of it, we're moving on. They should have. They should have done you, that. They should have already done that. But then again, how do you do that? I think that is they basically took on a losing situation from the get go. I'm starting to think because, and we're going to talk about the ending to this movie. There was three endings for this, and they chose this is the one that Gunn and uh, Saffron apparently wanted, and that gives me a, the belief that they might not know what they're doing. We'll get into that in a second, but you and I haven't talked about this movie. I have no idea what you think. We mentioned, obviously, James Gunn, Zaslav praising the crap out of this. <laughs> Literally among the greatest comic book movies ever from James Gunn. Zaslav saying this is the greatest comic book movie he's ever seen. You and I have seen it now. Which statement is more accurate or are both people insane? And you have maybe a different opinion than that. Man, so here's here's my deal. So there's a little bit of a disclaimer, but I'm going to say to answer your question directly, I think both are... It's kind of nutty to say that. <laughs> because I'm, I'm right now going... One of, them's, uh, one of them right off the bat is insane by saying this is the greatest of all time. No way. Who, Hands down. Why no would way. you ever say that? That is just like you are setting yourself up for failure, which... Oh, is exactly yeah. what happened, and everyone's laughing at you right now. Yeah, this is that. I mean, to end up saying something like that is just astronomically like you. You have, uh, yeah. So that was like a Donald in, Trump statement. It, and, it is. And Zaslav reminds me of Trump in a bunch of ways with some of the crazy stuff. He says. And that's the thing. Like, if you come out and you have to live up to that, like if you make a statement, and especially if you're selling it. Like, I get, like, you know, marketing all that stuff for trying to make it the best that it can, but you don't overpromise. Because then you're going to make everyone mad, and they're like, that one's in the best. What are you kidding? Are you, that, and that's all everyone's talking about now, too. Yeah. We're not everyone, but the haters are clearly latching on to these statements. So, so for that, it's like going into it, like you said, beginning of this uh, podcast said we were on to, you know, this, this smell really fishy. Um, and then... So walking out of the theater, here's the thing. Here's my disclaimer, because I got to say this. I find it really tough, and I found it really tough watching this movie, knowing all the drama behind the scenes. It made, For me, and I don't know if it made that awkward for you watching it, because of how much Ezra Miller plays such a huge role in this. Because It, it is all on him. Yeah, and here's the thing. Ezra, and I'm saying as an actor... All of the allegations, all of that, personally, separating it, Ezra, I think, does a good job. It is hard for me. 
I was I should say for the most part. It is so hard though to watch this movie and not feel icky for me, to be honest. Like I just I that that's my personal I know that's it's so hard to end up seeing that and almost to separate the, you know, the what is it, the art from the art or the artist from the um whatever, personal and professional. So uh with that, um I had fun with this movie. But man, I'd be it would be tough for me to say that I could see this movie again. Oh, and that's because of Ezra. Ezra plays such a large role. Now, there are a few I do have problems with this movie too in terms of the graphics. I man, there's some of it where it's like, oh my gosh. We'll, get, I know, we'll get into that. Don't get into that yet. Okay. We'll save that. So I'll te- I'll tease ahead, but there's that. There's um there are a few things that I think are really interesting. Uh, but choices and graphics, I think, really took me out. I'm like, okay, come on. Like <laughs> some of that, some of that I get, but like, come on, come on. Like the if you had something more practically, but you chose not to do that, this is just a freaking cutscene in a video game. Yes. So uh and that's where it's like it, once again, it was tough for me to say I would go back to this. I do think this brings up some really interesting points of like the multiverse and connecting so many different DC threads that I found to be fun, but it was hard for me to say it's far from the greatest, but it's also not like bottom of the barrel. It's you interesting know? you bring up Ezra because I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. I think, I think you have a valid point. Anyone who feels this way is completely valid that if you do not want to support this movie because of Miller's behavior... I 100% understand that. That whole thing is heinous. All this, uh, all the allegations, obviously. I yeah. for the, for the sake of this podcast, though, I'm going to separate the art from the artist. Only going to talk about this movie. I don't think Zaslav's right. This is not the greatest. But I'm. He's. I'm going to lean mind. toward James Gunn. I really had a from the get go, from the jump. I love this movie. So strong loves. Had a blast with this. I have qualms with it. There's some things that are head scratchers, but as a whole, this is one of the best two and a half hours I've spent at the movie. Is movies in a long Ooh. time. So for this to do so bad at the box office, and for me to get on the internet and read so much hate in the comments about this movie and the gripes, I don't understand it. This is not... I don't even know what I would consider my favorite comic book movie of all time. Um, and maybe rewatching this, I might soften a little bit. Maybe my love of this character is blinding me a little bit, even though this isn't necessarily the Barry Allen I would have ever expected to see on screen. Mm. But yes, this is a hard love for me. I'll say, adding to what you're saying with the two and a half, because you said it was, uh, what was it, the two and a half, one of the funnest experiences that you had in the theater for two and a half hours. I will say like from from the jump, this movie hits the ground running, no pun intended. And it it's just like pretty constant. And the the flow of it and to weave in and out of so many different things is so fascinating to see what they did. But I gotta say, in in this movie, I do feel like of the multiverse stuff we've seen in Marvel versus DC and just this movie alone is like there's something about the way that it was handled here and how it's been handled in the MCU and it made me think back to the MCU of how we've seen it like so far and it's like even in Loki whenever it's being explained I'm like even then it just doesn't stick and we'll see over time but like at least the way it was brought up in this movie seems to be more, I don't know, it, it has more of a lasting effect, may have more of a lasting effect than what we've seen in the MCU. That's me personally. So walking away from this, you know, No Way Home was, I, I don't want to consider Across the Spider-Verse because that's animation. And again, for me, they can do so much with the animation that for me to compare that to these live action things, for some reason, they just, they're two different mediums. I've, they can do so much with the animation that they seem to not be able to do with live action. But just comparing this to No Way Home, which did you have a better time with? Because 
this is one of the few instances where I'm like, DC is doing the multiverse better than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I I had more fun with this movie. That's interesting. I figured we would keep things pretty basic. Loves, hates. Um, actually, you know what? Uh, young Barry in this movie uses a word. He uses the word beeves, yeah, <laughs> which... Which apparently in in his universe means I guess it ru- something rules or something. So instead of loves hates, why don't we do beeves no beeves oh. <laughs> for this stuff? And that I texted you, I was like, "There's a word that is used in this movie that I literally cannot stop using and thinking about." <laughs> and I know this movie does a lot of the things we've seen before, where it's like a different universe and there's tweaks to it, like the Back to the Future. Oh gag. my gosh, that. N- but for some reason, like all of it just like worked for yeah. me. I had a blast now, with this. Now thing. that that I think hands down is one of my favorite things. It actually, I'll go out and say that Back to the Future gag was my favorite of going over like uh, Michael J. Fox from Footloose, like that entire bit in there. It's like it was like a chain. It was yeah, it was like a, a butterfly effect of him not being in that, and then it altered all these different so movies. Good. Now, did they? Did they mention that there was only one Back to the Future in that universe? Is that what I, or did I just read into that? I don't think so, because they ended up, um, let's see here. Because he said, I want to say older Barry said, I've seen them all, or something like that. Yeah, he mentions all three of them, and then I feel like young Barry, or there's like a reaction like there's three, but maybe that was just in my head. See, I, I know that older Barry mentions having seen all of them. But then I I can't remember what the reaction was to that. Like if they, those, like everyone else in the room is like, oh, well, yeah or no. I honestly can't remember. So we'll talk about the cast first. And again, let's, let's only go based off performances because we're going to talk about Ezra Miller first. Um, Miller, you know, pulls triple duty in this. If you count the villain, which is Dark Flash. Oh, yeah. He's this is the thing. If you're if you're an actor like Ezra Miller, um, I guess the disheartening thing for me is you were given this opportunity to play this iconic character, and they're literally building an entire movie around you. You need to take that seriously. Because that is a massive honor. Uh-huh. And not only are you playing Barry Allen, you're playing a different version of Barry Allen. And then you're also the villain, which doesn't do much in this movie, but you are playing three different characters. Take advantage of that and take it seriously. That's, you know, I say we're not going to get into the the alleged actions of, of Miller, but it is frustrating that like you have this great opportunity and you seem to be throwing it away. And it's frustrating for me to watch this and love your performance because I think Miller is awesome in this. You, I, mm-hmm. I understand complaints about young Barry being annoying as hell, but I surprisingly was more into that character than I expected. And again, this whole yeah. thing is built on his shoulders, and if he is terrible, this movie does not work, but I think that Miller is pretty darn good in this, and it's that's when I'm like frustrated by it. Man, you've, you've derailed your career potentially. <laughs> so Yeah, and, and it's not just actors. It's Andy and Barbara, um, Andy, the director, writer, director, and then Barbara's sister, right? Sister? That's his wife. Wife. Okay. Producer. So, she, and they worked so much on this to, to, to bring this to life. In and this they, universe, that's his wife, but in other ones, that's his sister. Oh, <laughs> um, that's what, that's a constant. So, but with that, I mean, you've got so many people on camera, off camera, and that's another thing where I'm looking at this. I'm like, that makes it easier for me to say, okay, but separation. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's where it's so different. And and another example is it's so different than like an artist, a musician, one person who's like, you did this to yourself. You had this coming on words. Now this is like, this ends up affecting so many others and could affect their careers. And, you know, uh, it, it just sucks for that reason. But that's where I had to get that disclaimer for myself about Ezra, because it's like, I wanted, like, Ezra does a great job in in the many different aspects. And it's so, like you said, it's sad. It actually is sad that it's, that Ezra's career was derailed by 
the hands of Ezra, you know, and it just, it's infuriating. And that's another thing where for me watching this, it just, it, it just made it tough. So beeves, beeves, no beeves for uh, Miller's performance though. Beeves, because that's where that, that's where I, I just, yeah, I, I think overall looking at the acting aside, that's, there are many moments where I'm like, man, that's just, ah, uh, uh, beeves. <laughs> I, beeves. Used, I did like Barry in this. I, I thought the 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 balance between him and young Barry was good. Um yeah, I I I I it is again a different Barry Allen than I would expect uh them to have adapted into a film, but I do kind of like what Snyder was going when they introduced this character in Justice League of like this this guy with super speed and his mind seems to be moving a million miles a second. And uh, he's a little yeah. socially awkward, um, and it's a shame that honestly, and I, this is the the one that I'm like, man, they, this is a movie that I would love to see more of, and I don't think we're ever going to see this, you know, iteration of the Flash ever again. So that's that's kind of disappointing. Now, what about Michael Keaton, who's back as Batman, uh, reprising that from Batman? In uh, 1989, Batman Returns. Those are two of my favorite Batman movies because that's when I was a young man, a young little boy, and I was super obsessed with Batman Returns. Like that was oh, like, wow. I was in maybe the first grade. I remember my, my mom would not let me go see that. It was too dark. <laughs> you don't have to wait. But I had the toys. Um, I was obsessed with it. And I was intrigued by Michael Keaton returning to this because it's fun. But I wasn't like hyped. Yeah, I wasn't like counting down because I had to see Keaton as Batman again. But I really enjoyed him. I loved that introduction in the kitchen, and overall, I thought he was badass in this movie. It was a lot of fun, and it was uh, talking about introduction, or not just introductions, but which version they chose to pick. I thought this was interesting. I thought it was especially considering that this is a Bruce Wayne or Batman rather. Um, Bruce Wayne kind of just like in retirement, doesn't care. Batman's not needed in Gotham. Gotham's one of the safest c- cities in the world now. So fascinating. Do you think that was dumb? Uh, Do you think that's believable? No, I don't not know at if all. I believe that. Not at that all. That seems, uh, I, it, it also weirdly is like the complete opposite of every Batman story where he is just like spurning all these people to go yeah. nuts. Uh, and that's where I'm like, eh, I don't buy that. I buy it that there's someone else out there and he's hung it up. I, I buy that. I believe that he's like, and out of that, I'm not doing any detective work, anything like that. I'm literally trying to separate it. Um, Keaton, though, himself, I say beef. So he, just the fact that we get to spend more time with him, just like, as you said, growing up, and that was my Batman, too. That is who I look to as being at the time of my life of, okay, this is Bruce Wayne and Batman. Like, I think to be able to spend one more movie with them, it's not something that I ever thought in my mind we'll, we would see again, nor was I like, we got to get this, because I just ruled it out. Considering that we got that, um, it's interesting because it's cool, but I do think that he is a lot of fun in this and he chooses scenery i think keaton is just he seems like such a cool guy anyways uh but i have to say yeah i give beefs to him all day for this (laughs) i like too that he's real shaggy he looks like a homeless guy yet his fashion is still that of a really rich white man like he was really well put together but he looked like a homeless man and i i thought that was a nice touch it's like bruce wayne adds the big lebowski it's like some of my end goals. Like, that's what I want to be at. I don't know what, how old he is, in his late 60s or something. Yeah. Um, props to him for staying in shape, too, because he oh, was yeah. doing all sorts of things that a man half his age could not do. Let me ask you. I just looked it up. How old is Michael Keaton right now? Mm. 66? No. Am I close at all? You're close, uh, is, but he's uh, older. He is older. Um, 70? There's no way he's 70. Older. No. 73? 71. And he's got a birthday coming up. He's soon to be 72 as of September 5th. 
That's impressive. He looks yeah. good. You do, I mean, at 71 years old, I'd love to be doing what he's doing in this movie. He looks great. And he's cooking for himself, and he's listening to music in his mansion. Uh, and Alfred's probably been dead for 45 years. <laughs> what if they had resurrected Alfred Goff or whatever his name was? I to, was I was actually hoping. He's like that, CG or something. <laughs> I, he's, he's one of the people in the Corona Bowl, and he's just like serving Bruce food. I was actually expecting that uh, we would see Bruce Wayne is turned turn into Norman Bates, and he's got Alfred over there like... Norman Bates' mom and Psycho as in a the rocker, yeah, just rocking away, and he's like, "What do you think, Alfred?" And it cuts away, and just got the little Joker giggle uh, bag, and he opens it just to have him laugh. I was expecting a gag. When we, well, I'll be honest with you, when he's introduced, I'm like, he's going to be this old kook, like that. They're going to play <laughs> it for laughs. He's going to be this guy that has not communicated with anyone for 15 years, and they didn't do that. He's a normal guy. So I like that. They they swerved just a little bit for me to be like, well, he's kind of out there, but he's not weird. Yeah, He's just right. chilling in his mansion. So Beeves from Michael Keaton, whose real name is Michael Douglas. Oh. Though not related to me, I don't think. Which is uh, sad. Yeah, that'd be nice. Imagine two Michael Douglases in Hollywood. That would be cool. Where he That would be wild. Yeah. It's like, which one are you talking about? And you're like, oh, the guy that played Birdman. Oh. <laughs> Um, Beeves no bees for Sasha Kaye, who plays Supergirl. First watch, uh, not super impressed with Supergirl in this. I, it's not, it's not her. I think she's fine. The character was okay. Like the character didn't leave a mark on me. I, I Beeves on this big because Ooh. yeah, I, I, I thought she did a great job. I'd love to see more and I don't. That's a shame too. Cause that ain't going to happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think this is a one and done, and I'd love to see just overall her used in some capacity. I think there is something kind of I'm not. I don't know. Very different. Where it seemed like overall Sasha played a more. I can't say menacing, but. Like, Henry Cavill seemed as if maybe it's just Noah and Clark Kent and the Superman story of, okay, I feel like we're good, but I think he, like, he seems a lot more accepting and warm than Sasha's Supergirl character. And Kara seemed, could we be getting, like, the Superman? That's, is it Red Sun, where Superman is in Russia as seen yeah, kind of just born in a uh, born in a different place and yeah. has a different allegiance. So for that, it's like could 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 that be happening here? So I found that to be interesting. I also dug it. Um, and then when I mean, I like the difference. I, I the Flashpoint story is fantastic just because you can you, you tweak what you know what we think we know. Yeah. I think that's always a fun idea. So a, a big hard B is for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, that see that's the going back to again. I don't want to keep bringing up Ezra Miller, but the antics of one person can just derail everything, yeah. and that probably has caused this person, uh, Sasha, to never get the chance to play this character ever again. Yeah, which I would be interested in seeing what they did with Kara moving forward. Um, but I just in this movie she's cool, but I wasn't blown away. Yeah. And a lot of that is she doesn't feel like she's in this very much. Yeah. You know, she's li pretty limited, which is fine. This is a Flash movie. I didn't want to spend uh, two-thirds of the movie with the Zod story, <laughs> which we can get to now. This is this movie really should have been the final DCU movie or the final DCEU movie. Yeah. Because to have this come full circle with Man of Steel would have been freaking awesome. Yeah. And then if you ended it back where it began, where in terms of everyone's who they are, that would have been the perfect full circle moment, which they obviously don't do. Zod's not in this much, but Beeves no Beeves for Michael Shannon. Like, I don't even know if I, it's hard to do this because he doesn't no. do anything. But I love the idea of going back to where everything started. This is the biggest raw Beeves, I would say. Michael Shannon just kind of a, I like Shannon as an actor here. Eh, 
It's like the min, the most minimal. And this isn't a knock on Michael Shannon, but it's minimal. God, why can't I speak? Yeah. Minimal effort. Yeah, like he just had to show up and say lines, mm-hmm. and that was it. And he probably got paid Big. seven million dollars. <laughs> I still I, I like the idea, but Zod is just he's not a factor in this film. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and it's just he's he's yeah. Fine, I and guess. that's that's how like overall I'm like eh, like there's not much. There's, I mean, he literally said though before the movie came out, he had like it was like I didn't have satisfaction doing this in terms of like creativity, which is weird. You know? I didn't know that until today, to be honest. I had no idea he said that, and that's a wild. St- thing to say i understand what you're saying but like maybe don't say that <laughs> you know you're selling a movie and you're saying yeah i just did it it wasn't as fun though <laughs> and i didn't basically do anything uh i guess we should end on this is i was really looking forward to ben affleck in this you mm. know love this man so much he gets i would say one last go as bruce wayne and batman yeah i think the beginning of this with him trying to get the Falcone guy. It is a perfect comic book ending or beginning. It's like a James Bond. Uh, it has no bearing on really anything. Well, let's throw you into the action. It's like a comic book. I love that. I thought the whole intro with him was amazing. And then we get a really good conversation between Bruce and Barry when you know Barry decides he could go back in time. And that is obviously what this whole thing is about. There's a sadness, I think, to Affleck's Bruce in this that I found... Um, it made me sad. Yeah. He's like a beaten man. He realizes that the choices he's made have left him completely alone. I thought I thought Affleck's he's in he's in this for like five minutes, but he's good. Again, there's a, a nice sadness to his Bruce Wayne that made me sad. Beefs. Yeah, I would definitely say so for me as well. It's it stinks because it's like, man, that's just Again, it would be great to see more of him, and we won't. We won't. This Batman intro is great. Did you love the 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 Batman stuff oh, in this? Yeah. Now, for sure, and especially like how Barry's working with Alfred and Bruce. Uh, yeah, I, I love the idea that he's like, "Hey, I need your help," and he just scoots over there. Now, this thing, the scene ends though on the bridge, and we have Wonder Woman, which was just like, okay, and then we have to do the dumb lasso of truth gag. <laughs> Which is like the fifth time they've done that in these movies. I hated the bridge stuff, though. That was like so stupid. That was maybe the one moment in the movie where I'm, I w- was immediately like, <laughs> if we're going to get this kind of crap, we are in trouble because oh, it was awful. But everything outside of that bridge thing, the bridge scene, I think with this open was just yeah, amazing. I loved that, it. That, that was fine. I mean, it, it was okay, but like the Barry... Uh... <laughs> The line that he says, um, as like Bruce is like rambling off constantly with the lasso of truth, and then Barry touches it and then like starts shaking. He's like, "What? What is it? It's a line about I know uh, sex is a real thing, but I've never experienced it or something like that." People, no joke, in the theater, there there's like an older guy who. I thought he was going to, like, choke oh on his popcorn God. laughing at We had some line. laughs, but, man, that was that was one of the more painful moments for me. I really hated that. The audience seemed, where I, like, in the theater for me, they seemed to respond to that. They, they dug that. Now, if Wonder Woman's showing up more consistently, and this was, like, a more, you know, like, the MCU could do this, where everything's established and, and it's a smooth running train up until recently. I would have had her save him, and that's it. Like, he gets pulled up, and then that's the end of the scene. But then yeah. Gal's in it, and she doesn't speak. So I get I get why they had to have a little something, but it was so stupid. Yeah. Now, the major plot revolves around Barry running so fast that he can actually turn back time in a place called the Chrono Bowl, and it leads to a big scene that features a number of cameos, uh, former actors who have played characters like Superman, Batman, Beeves no beeves for that scene. It's the big multiverse scene. Uh, it's what everyone was looking forward to, but it is strange. With the yeah, so the concept beeves, the execution <laughs> toilet. Like that's 
that's how strange choice. Yeah, it's just like all right, and I didn't realize this until you texted me this and said they actually got Nick Cage and Nicholas Cage to shoot his stuff, and yet they chose like a Scorpion King looking Nick Cage. It's like it's like deep fake CG. Yeah, it was awful. Everything looked bad. And it doesn't make sense, too, because a lot of that stuff they have video of. Use footage from Superman yeah. and make it look cool. Don't alter it, though. I Like, that made no sense. The Nick Cage thing is fun for, like, you and me, like, nerds that know that. Yeah. But the bulk of my audience was, I would say, teenagers. And when Nick Cage shows up and we get that shot of him, people were laughing. <laughs> Because they thought it was like a joke. Oh my of like, gosh. like imagine, imagine Nick Cage as Superman. Like they, it went over their heads. They didn't understand it, and that's, and that's an issue of like who I understand you're making this movie for us, but that's too deep of a cut. They were laughing their ass off. I never thought of that, but so no joke in the theater for me. It was dead silent, no reaction. At all, for any, like, good or bad, not positive, not negative, just blank for all of that. Yeah, I think, I'm trying to think of the worst. I, again, concept is good. I, the execution was bad. The choices were strange. Show show Brandon Routh. Yeah. Show actual Christopher Reeve from the film. Or Smallville. Uh, what's his um, name? Um, yeah, Tom Welling. But even yeah. then, I think that's just do the big, take the big, you know, the big yeah. hits. And they have the weird one of what looks like Jay Garrick or Barry on running. And mm-hmm. it's like, just use Grant Gustin. Like, seriously, he, yeah. I don't understand any of the choices with that. It was super strange. <laughs> it was fun to see. Uh, not done well. I would still yeah. say probably Bees because it was a fun moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. And it was, it was, like I said, concept beeps for sure but like <laughs> i always laugh when you say that because i ca- i seriously it is like catching me off guard when you say beeps <laughs> we need to start saying that in our day-to-day life yeah and then everyone's like what i like when he said like older barry says it late in the film <laughs> yeah and then young barry's like really is that really beeps? Like, i have no idea what you're what that means but yeah <laughs> uh so we talk about the special effects on that scene. A, a, a lot of the internet is up in arms about the the special effects within the Speed Force. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of people really mad. But Andy Musietti says that Waterworld kind of look is intentional. And I read that. <laughs> I read it going into this movie. I'm like, that sounds like BS. That's what you say when you don't have money. You've run out of money. Um, you run out of time and you can't finish it to make it look great. But actually watching it, I respect the visual look of the Speed Force. I understand why you would watch that and go, that looks like trash. But it, they, it was a swing and it might be a miss for some people. It was a, I, I liked it. I love the look of the Speed Force. Well, I don't yeah. say love. I like the look of the Speed Force. Honestly, I'm okay with any, all of the, this is, this might be controversial, but whatever. The, all the graphics minus that like deep fake look, and to me it's like Scorpion King. All of those actors and actresses look like the freaking Scorpion King. If you don't remember that, that's the rock version of the Mummy, his spinoff movie. And I remember the graphics in that were just oh wow, <laughs> it's like a PlayStation <laughs> game. But that's where well, that's what that's what the Speed Force looked like for. A, it looked like a. Like a PS3 game. And I, I mean, I was okay with Or the with babies, that. the dog. I didn't, I actually liked it. It was like what he's seeing, everything's warped. It's weird. Yeah, and that, I'm I'm okay with that. And even like, there's a part of me that I'm, I don't know. Yeah. It was a straight up beefs for me. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I will say there's a lot of dodgy D- CG kind of in this movie. Yeah. Like, even the beginning when Barry's going from Central City to Gotham, I'm like, this is on par in some ways with the freaking show. Oh, yeah, actually, that's... <laughs> I hadn't thought but of that, but But then they yeah. do, like, the look of it, but then they do cool things, like when he's about ready to take off running and, you know, the world around him starts warping. I'm like, that's fun. That's the kind of stuff we were not getting with Zack Snyder. Yeah. He didn't embrace that well enough. 
But Speed Force, um, beefs? No beefs? You think you lean towards beefs? Yeah, I, I, I'd say overall, yes. The only complaint I have graphically is the whole just like actors, actress, deep fake. That's that's my one complaint about and it's it's stupid because I could apply that across the board, but I'm okay with the speed force. Well, that's when dance. it's that a beats. human being, and especially when it's a human being that we've featured on film before, and that's the route you go is making yeah. it up rather than using archive footage, that's weird to me. Very strange. I want to sidetrack for just one second talking about the intro with the him saving the babies. Because the baby the shower. baby shower, which I thought was brilliant. They make these movies that are too dark. People complain. They do this. And then I get on the internet and people are like, this is so silly. I'm like, what do you guys want? Did you like, <laughs> yeah. you, so you liked the intro. You thought that was fun. You didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I, and like someone, someone was like getting all up in arms about like him throwing a, and this is weird. I the, mean, this, <laughs> the baby in the microwave. Yeah. It's a and freaking I say that, joke. It, it, it's a gag. And that's like, Another thing where it's like shot once again. This context of the movie, okay, that's like whatever. But like that gag of the baby shower, it was it was just fun to watch. And also the other thing, the first time that we've really seen this, uh, where he's constantly hungry, Barry's constantly hungry, and needing to eat. And that's where whenever he eats more. There's more energy he's got where he's at peak capacity for, you know, speed force and and his energy level. So that I thought was really great to for the filmmakers to cover in this movie. And it's really the first time we've received that ever with this version of Barry Allen. So I thought that was cool and I thought it would look cool. I And also that bit, I was honestly, I it, it had me smiling and. And, you know, there were just constant moments. Also, the nurse, whenever she's on the ground and she's just screaming her head off. I mean, <laughs> I know she's like, she's truly terrified at what she's I, seen. I mean, that I would be the same. I'm like, all right, I'm glad that they didn't go for like a gag outside of that because that it was good. I think that was that was I really enjoyed that. Here's a hot take. You know, they do this in Days of Future Past. Really well done with Quicksilver. I think this is better. Ooh. I think this is better, but I maybe again might be because I like the flash better. I think it's just, I thought it was well done and fun and I enjoyed it. Now the ending, I already, I already kind of mentioned this, the ending with George Clooney. Yeah. Um, there's three endings to this. Again, if you've read anything about this movie, they're like, yeah, three endings were done. We had an ending where it ends with Michael Keaton and uh, Supergirl there. He realizes he didn't fix the universe. We had one with Affleck coming back and, Everything's normal. And then we get this ending with George Clooney, which I guess is clever for the people, obviously, that know that he was Batman <laughs> once. But it is the dumbest ending of the three. I can't believe they chose this one. It makes no sense. And especially if you're setting, even if you're setting up future movies, why would you choose the Clooney one? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You, you would use the Keaton one if you're setting up the future movies. So this was just a complete whiff. It got no reaction, really, in my crowd. And then people I've talked to outside of, you know, just in my day-to-day life, a lot of people are just confused. Like, I don't, why? Like, why? I don't understand the ending. So they're talking about the reaction. There was a reaction with a couple that sat behind me. And one of the, it was, I think it was the guy. So there's a guy and then, um... I'm guessing they were on a date, but he was describing this to his date, and he, he said something, you know, talking about Clooney's, oh, yeah, from Batman and Robin. And then he starts to describe, I'm like, wow, if you if you got to explain this, I don't know if that's it's, a good thing. It's bad. Yeah. It's a terrible choice. And it's apparently the one that Gunn came up with, or they liked the most. And that's why I'm like, do you guys know what you're doing? Yeah, because... Honestly, I could see that being like a post-credits gag of some sorts of like hearing about, I don't know. I don't know what you would do, but... I don't know what you do with that. I don't know if it's like closure for Clooney because he, you know, he's so miserable about his experience with that, <laughs> but it's just not... It's dumb. I, yeah. I think I would have rather have ended on Affleck. It's full circle. 
but I like the idea. So the you saw the end credit scene, correct? Have you read what it originally was? Because they they you know trimmed it. We didn't get the full ending with uh, Aquaman at the very end. I don't Which, know that. So it is that same scene. You saw the scene, right? Yeah. He falls in the puddle and he's like, "I'm, I'm yeah. home right here." So he's explaining everything to Aquaman, and, the, and one gag is like, you know, you are the same no matter every universe. You're always this guy. And then I guess what happens is he goes, Barry goes back to his apartment, and he's got some sort of distress signal or call from um, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. And this is the ending where it's like he comes back to his universe, and it's Michael Keaton and Supergirl. He ends up going back to his apartment, has this distress call from the Ben Affleck version of Bruce Wayne, and it sets up Crisis on Infinite Earth, mm. which is a good, I think that's a good tease. Um, and that's when I think the Clooney ending would still work, uh, but obviously the Keaton one works the best. Yeah. And then if you're not going to set up Crisis, just do the Affleck ending. Yeah. There's just baffling choices in this film that I'll never understand. Yeah, you said it's like, that would be fun to see it as a deleted scene. It's like, hey, we shot this. This was a an alternate ending. And it's like, oh, that'd be cool. That'd and be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, that. yes. It's a bonus. That's that's what helps sell the discs. You want to see George Clooney's Batman again? Check this out. Even though it's literally like five seconds with him. But... And you get the one F bomb in the movie. Which there. I was going to ask you about that again. I don't want to be a prude. Completely Keep unnecessary. It yeah, and it, it it was not funny. It's it's also against Barry. Like when when has he? Yeah, he like never curses. Like it'd be fitting with Aquaman, well, but like okay, he actually yeah. It it seemed out of place though. He does curse this. I, I am wrong. I it just. I don't know. We had a bunch of kids in our screening. I'm like, really? We had to put that in here? It yeah. seems strange. Right. That that, And I'm the same way. Like, I love I love a good Marty Scorsese movie where Joe Pesci yeah. is just flying off the handle. But at the same... This is just not that. I don't yeah. want that for... Exactly. I don't know. Uh, and especially something... This isn't like a dark and gritty Batman film where at least it makes sense. It, this just seems like they wanted to shove it in there. Yeah. And, that, and that's um, the points that you bring up are... I, I think I agree with you as well in terms of like sticking with Affleck and ending it that way. Crisis, that's that's an interesting concept because I know the CW did that. I would I think that would make for a great movie and it's a one-off movie. And honestly, if they were if they really had planned or thought, and obviously, you know, they didn't know that the DC was ending at the time. But I wonder if you rework Aquaman to be more of a crisis moment you know and it sets that up and then because then you like have bring people in end it and that could be once again a big way to just end it all and yeah, i don't know how they're gonna do it because this was originally supposed to come out after aqua aquaman i'm pretty sure right wasn't that the case i, I was believe it I, I think they've so. moved this around so many times yeah. but I don't know. I just think, and especially if you're going to reset this thing, which is what they say they're going to do, why are you ending with an even more confusing ending with Clooney? By the way, quick thing about Arthur, didn't, I mean, Barry called and talked to the Thomas, uh, Arthur's dad, Thomas whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and then he's like, well, well no. Why? I, that doesn't make any sense if Arthur exists in every timeline, but yet he didn't find him. It, yeah, and everyone, he's the same person, but apparently he didn't exist in that one. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand that either. <laughs> I also don't get to, and this is just a time travel thing, so so young Barry dies, and then, and then Barry is like, all right, I'm going to go back in time and remove the tomato can, so my mom's got to die, which I think is... It's it's a touching moment. It's like you have to sacrifice what you love to make everything right again. Yeah. Um, so does young Barry, is he alive in his timeline? Or, like, I don't understand what happens. I assume life went on as normal for him and they never had the interaction? Hmm. I don't understand the time travel part right there. Well, I guess if young Barry died, but yet again... But then he goes, his, he goes back in time to save his mom, which means none of this, I guess, ever happened, even though there are alterations by the end of the film. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't understand any of that. So I that, guess it doesn't matter. matter that, but. Yeah, so that means, obviously, as Keaton, Keaton's Bruce Wayne described, that 
it would there's the nexus point and then the nexus point all happened at the grocery store meaning that barry went back put in the tomato can but that was barry old barry two going back to see old barry one putting in the tomato can he took it out old barry two who we get at the end of the movie removed it and so there are t- now three different timelines. And, <laughs> and so it's interesting. My, because, eye, my eyes just glazed over. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. So, so it's it's kind of like uh, Peter B. Parker and Across the Spider-Verse where he tells Miguel <laughs> O'Hare, he's like, you say multiverse and my brain breaks. So, I mean, that's where, I mean, it, it, that makes sense. But then Young Barry would, he'd still be alive. But... Yet in the reality, I guess the one, but then that's very Dr. Strange like in terms of the one reality where we get dark Barry or dark flash or evil flash and evil flash is killed by killing young Barry, which is what is used to create evil flash. So that closes that loop. Did you like dark flash? I mean, I, I like that this movie didn't, didn't end in some massive like city brawl. It was self-contained. Yeah. It was a guy tweaking time, yeah. and it was a, a future version of himself or I a thought, version. I thought it was kind of cool. I liked yeah, it. That was that I was. I thought cool. he looked dope too. I like I like the fact that it's literally him confronting himself. Like it was Barry versus Barry versus Barry, and ultimately it's all about him having to come to terms with it or not. And I I thought that was very interesting and unique and different than what we've dealt with, you know, in the past. And I thought it was interesting considering that bad Barry is really the the true bad of this movie. I mean, Zod is, but Zod's yeah, more... Not really, though. Yeah. It, it, it is, yeah. he It's himself. Yeah. So, so that's where... I dug that. I liked it. It was very different. And the interesting thing is, like, all together with the characters working them in and all that. I expected so much more from Andy. I think that Andy did a great job, but I just, to hear all this praise, like the greatest superhero movie of all time, I'm like, yeah, I just expected more from that, if that truly was or is the greatest superhero movie of all time. I do like all the stuff that he does with Batman, the look of it, the way it's shot. So I do have hopes that his Batman, Brave and the Bold, will be pretty good and maybe there will be no drama leading up to that you know i i hope i hope that's a smooth ship for him because this had to be a nightmare to sink so many years of your life into this and then literally be like i don't know if this is going to come out yeah that would be terrifying i would i mean just what Andy ended up going through the director for for this movie. I pro, I I don't know, I don't even know what I would do considering that it's like oh well so you may have just wasted years on your life. That sucks. Now of all, of all the small before we get to like ranking this in our DCEU rankings, of all the very small cameos, the Wonder Woman, Aquaman, um trying to think who else is in this that we could count. I don't want to count Affleck because he's in this, you know, five to, five to ten minutes. But of the small cameos, what was your favorite? Because honestly, mine mine might be Alfred. Uh, I liked his little, oh, yeah. you know, the, the comms um, conversation that he was having with Barry during all that. And then he gets a good line of, you know, you, you made a lot of moms happy or whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah, that that's, that's true. I... You know, all of the cameos were just blah for me. I, I wasn't like a huge, um, and this is weird, but just seeing a glimpse and it's deep fake and it was me crapping all over this earlier, but there's just something about seeing Christopher Reeves, Superman. And once again, I guess that takes me back to growing up and seeing that was a Superman growing up for me too for many many others but just like there's something cool about that and even though it looked awful <laughs> it, it just made me like feel really nostalgic and, and hopeful i'm like oh that's so cool um the other interesting thing was george reeves 
as Superman. Seeing that version of Superman, I like. And that's the one, I think, of all of them that looked like they actually used old footage. Maybe. Yeah. And and that's where, going back, so that I think that was like the first one, right? It seemed like it was the first. If not, it was one of the first. That one yeah. I thought, okay, this is cool. I see what they're doing with this. And then we get Christopher Reeves. I'm like, all right, that's Pat. I get it. That's passable. But then we see all the others like that. Um, but something about, I'd say Christopher Reeves or um, George Reeves. However, if you're, we're talking about an actual person, someone being there in person, that's tough. That's, I, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't know if I could end up saying I had a favorite cameo. Well, you're going to have to say um, Alfred then. Oh, Alfred's cool. I like Alfred. I like Jeremy was, Irons a lot. Yeah, it was it was somehow very nice to see him again. This has been a complete mess, but he's just like, oh, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> you know. Uh, now, landing in in your DCEU rankings, where does the Flash go? Because believe it or not, this might be my number one. <laughs> oh, what? Not even kidding around. Uh, right now, I got Batman v Superman number one. Followed by Man of Steel, and then I have um, what is my third favorite? Is it the Suicide Squad or is it this? Um, good Lord, why why am I blanking on number three? I'm very super embarrassed right now. I'm gonna have to edit this out. <laughs> Hang on, let me go to my freaking letterboxed. Oh, uh, Birds of Prey. I like Birds of Prey a lot. I know that gets crapped on. Mm. I could ar- I could argue that that the Suicide Squad is numero three, but uh, yes, I think I'm gonna. I at the moment, and I never rank after obviously seeing one one time because you know you gotta let let time and, and rewatches factor in. But I think I have this number one. Wow. It is definitely I think of any of them the one that I would have the most fun going back to. Um, just because it's, I think it's fun, and I like the different Batman's, and I love the Flash, and I like the I like his stuff with his mom. I love that whole story. Um, a little insight into my life. I've always called my my wife. She's my obviously my girlfriend first. I've always called her Monkey, and I've bought her Monkey things. <laughs> So to see that on film of someone else doing that, that, the same thing that I've done for the last five plus years of my life being with her, it made me emotional and it made me connect to these characters beyond just like having a connection to reading the comics of, you know, Barry's story. And I love that story of, you know, his dad in prison for something he didn't do and that whole mystery. Um, Yes, this I, I mean, right now, this is my favorite. Which is again frustrating in ways of you could have ended this where it all began with Affleck coming back and then we somehow make stupid choices. But as a whole, I still think this is a great time. You know, looking at this because we can't consider Joker or the Batman part of the DCEU. Uh, it's really the Snyder verse, um, if you will. Because um, I would, I would still say Wonder Woman is my number one. I know that's I that's like not the bottom for you, but for it's like close to the bottom, right? I have it as number um if I had Flash at number one, then Wonder Woman would be number nine. Oh, that's one wow. I like. Um I just think there's elements of that I don't think the movie's necessarily made as it doesn't have a a visual uh, a quality that I like in some of the like say what you want about Snyder, his movies look great. Yeah. And see, that's where I feel like Wonder Woman 1984, there's just so much to it where I, it, man, if only that were good. I think that there are a lot of interesting <laughs> things, but it just sucks. Because looking at this list, I would say, this is tough for me, but I would say Wonder Woman and then Shazam, the first Shazam. Yeah, you really like Shazam, and I have that near the bottom too. And, and I, I like that. I, honestly, looking at this list up until Shazam, which would be number 10 with The Flash. That's 10 movies that I like in some degree. I actually have Wonder Woman 1984 ahead of Wonder Woman. That movie's a complete mess, but I kind of <laughs> appreciate that they go for it. 
Yeah, I think that one ages really poorly. Nineteen. I've only I've only seen it once too, so I bet if I watched that again, I'd be like, "What the f is this?" And that that sucks because I think that there are some really cool things that that they set up that could be great. But I would say Wonder Woman, Shazam. I also looking back, Zack Snyder's Justice League has climbed up, and that, Ooh. I don't know if it would be that or. Dawn of Justice, and then I would say The Flash. So Flash is like kind of mid. So Birds of Prey is not high on your list? No, or that's the toward the Squad? bottom. Dang. Yeah. So I rewatched um, Zack Snyder's Justice League recently, and I like it. I like that we got to see it, but it is a slog. It's four hours. It, it, yeah. it was definitely in need of an editor. There's, there's, even as a pretty coherent movie now, it is still like they were going down the wrong direction. I, yeah, and, and they allowed him to do it, and they they're paying for it now. But <laughs> I would not have taken this where he was taking it. Yeah, there's just looking at all of this for me. There's a lot of misses, a lot, and even the movies that hit, there are some misses within that. Like for example, Justice Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think that there are a lot of things that needed to be trimmed, should have been trimmed, uh, and, and could have been so much better. And uh, I think the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, not not a huge fan. I'm just, I think Ooh. it's, I, I think it's good. But I'm it's, looking on that letterbox. I've seen that four times, <laughs> and I feel like I enjoy it every single time a little bit more. Yeah, that's I. I don't big know. fan of that one. I, I'm really, I'm a big defender of Birds of Prey. I understand why someone wouldn't like that, but. Yeah. There's a lot of characters in that I think are great, and we will never see them ever again in this <laughs> iteration. I do want to go back and rewatch Birds of Prey because I wanted to like that, but on first viewing, I just I was so turned off by it. I'm like, I don't think I'll ever go back Ooh. to see what see this movie again. And then Aquaman, uh, you know, that's got a lot of great stuff in it, but there's so many things in there. I'm like, was this made in 2003? Why are we? What's with the needle drops? They oh are yeah, awful. yeah. Strange, strange uh, cinematic universe. Well, now that it's coming to a close or is close, I don't know. We're like left in limbo right now because it's like, I mean, this technically is supposed to close it, but we've got Blue Beetle and then we've got Aquaman. So I, who knows what the heck will happen with Aquaman Lost. Uh, yeah, I want to see footage from but, that. I was hoping that uh, wherever that, they, they did like a sizzle reel or a trailer, you know, at one of those... CinemaCon events mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, and I bet Blue Beetle, I right? We're gonna get foot. We're gonna get a trailer before then. Oh yeah, okay. we will. We have to. We got to. I was expecting a little bit, actually, kind of like a teaser at the end of this movie um, for Aquaman two, but well, they need to start promoting the hell out of that as soon as they can because that's gonna be a bomb if they don't. I don't think they will. I think they're gonna dial Ooh. it back big time after this flash Ooh. flop. Pull. <laughs> All right. Well, we got less than a minute left, but I, I had fun with this movie. I loved it. I'm going to go on a limb and say, loves it. Yeah, I, uh, man, what a, I, I feel like we got to pour one out for the DCEU. This is just so sad. I did that. We've been pouring that out for a long time now. <laughs> We've seen this coming for about three years now. Well, till next time, keep watching. Keep watching.